Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Maybe the one with the holes in it she could walk around, you know, the house with. 
but definitely not something that, you know, he really valued. Okay? So, uh, the ladies, uh, they didn't say much different. <laughs> well, what about texting him when you're out with friends? Well, listen, this was the list the men set. You know, well, the, the list that was comprised by men. And, you know, they said that they like when, you know, the ladies text, you know, when, you know, they're going out with their friends. And that pretty much got a, a, a decent, um, what do you call that, uh, a decent response. But here were the two funny ones. Here were the two funny ones. Arranging for him to meet your friends. Now, that one there, nah, that did not go over well. They all said no. Um, it was funny because the men said no. That that there, they're not interested in meeting uh, your friends because an arrangement to meet your friends would possibly mean an arrangement to meet his friends, and absolutely not. They weren't trying to hear that at all. Uh, we got another uh, response of, hey, you know what? I've done that, and that didn't go over well. Um, another one that said, you know what? How about you keep that to a minimum because you might be introducing him to someone that he knew before you knew her. Oh, I was like, yo, this dude, Tom Crew, has really had some uh, former lives. Did you catch that one? Okay, so let me let me say that to you. Again, so you know how you've seen on TV where, you know, he goes to introduce, um, you know, his, well, she introduces her friend to her boyfriend, and when she steps out the room, they already know one another. Oh, wait. And then they whisper in like, you didn't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they were like, nah, nah, nah. We're going to keep that one at bay. We're not introducing anybody to anybody. And, you know, we got a comment from one of the men that said, listen, I'm not interested in meeting anybody because by the time you've talked about her, over and over and over again, you know, I feel like I already know it. So there was the point of even meeting her, you know, up close and personal. So, you know, hey, you get all kinds of stuff when you get talk to this two-time crew. All right, well, we uh, had our switch tip with Sean East yesterday morning. And the switch tip was, show God that door sorry. This one was a good one. This one was a good one. You know, especially when you are accustomed to seeing.
seeing people that are really not apologetic. They're really not sorry for the things that they've done, you know, and they have not, um, you know, expressed to God that they're sorry about their behavior. Yeah, they just do what they do. And, you know, do you really want to walk around and not confess and repent? Nah. You you really don't want to do that. Because remember, those are the keys to making it into the kingdom. So if you never do that, then what are your chances on making it into the kingdom? Not only that, you know, to say your story is one thing. But the switch tip is show God that you're sorry. Show him, not just tell him. You know, we can't treat God like we treat man. You know, we do something to somebody and we give them this half apology. You know, uh, all right, I'm sorry. You know, and you really don't mean it. And then they really can't see that you're sorry. Well, again, you don't want to treat God that way. Because uh, he's got your whole world in his hands. Now, I don't say that as, you know, a, uh, like, I'm going to get you back thing. Meaning, this is the being that controls your world. So when things are not going right and you need that helping hand and and man has reached its limit or you have exhausted all of the people that could possibly help you and you waited to the last minute and tried it that way and everybody you know, they can't do anything for you, then you have to go to God. Uh, yeah. I think you wanted to have that confession and repentance thing taken care of, you know. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, this is the man who has the whole world in his hands, your whole world in his hands, and you're going to need him. You're going to need him to move on your behalf. You know, when you get that challenging uh, situation and you know that you're going to need some extraordinary supernatural help only from the Lord the help from the Lord is going to be the only thing that's going to turn this whole situation around yeah I think you want to you know show God that you are sorry for what you've done well how about when you need that peace when the world the chaos Everything is crumbling down on you. When it seems like you fighting everybody, when it seems like nobody's in your court, when it seems like the kids, the husband or the wife, the job, mama, daddy, siblings, friends, co everybody is against you. Yeah, you're going to need that God. You're going to need that God. That's the same God you're going to need. The one who you offended, and you didn't go back properly to say you're sorry. Oh, show God that you're sorry. You know, this is the same man who throws your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. This is the same God who wakes you up every mo- every morning with brand new tender mercies. I think you want to show 
that God that you're sorry. So I, I really like that switch tip. You know, I like them all, but, you know, some of them hit me a little different, especially when I myself am seeing some things or I'm going through some things. And this one, was the, the timeliness of this one is uh, is really good. Alrighty. That's how we spent our Monday morning. Well, today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And ooh-wee, we got some things to talk about. Yes, I had to leave some stories behind. But man, you wait till you hear the wow story of the morning. I got to be Vivian to this day. You've got wild thirst one and nah, this one here today. You know, I just had to shake my head. So, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Seth is on. And uh, whatever you do, don't go nowhere because we'll be right back. We know the cause for some birth defects, but for most, we don't. That's because we think most birth defects are caused by a complex mix of factors. There are some factors that can increase the chance of having a baby with a birth defect. These are called risk factors and include smoking, drinking alcohol, or taking certain street drugs during pregnancy, having certain medical conditions, such as obesity or uncontrolled diabetes, taking certain medications, such as some acne drugs, having someone in your family with a birth defect, being an older mother, typically over 34, and exposure to some chemicals and viruses during pregnancy. Having one or more of these factors doesn't necessarily mean your baby will have a birth defect. It is important to talk to your doctor about what you can do to improve your chances to have a healthy baby. about birth birth defects and 
you know, if you are, you know, trying to have a baby, you know, just keep in mind, you know, there are things that we need to do to make sure, you know, we keep ourselves healthy so that we can give birth to healthy children. All righty? So, you know, do a little research about the things that you should do and the things that you shouldn't do. And, uh, hmm. Let's make sure we make it happen, okay? All righty. So, what are we talking about this morning? Where do we start? (sighs) Okay. Well, this one was interesting. So, you have this Texas woman who, uh, (laughs) you know, we can't get over with everything You know people just Want to do what they want to do And they feel that they're slick And They're not going to be found out So you have Iris Argueta Who's been charged With one count of Grand larceny And this was An interesting An interesting story I kind of heard about this when I was in the store yesterday, and I kind of forgot about it, although it piqued my interest. They didn't, I, I didn't stay in the store long enough to even hear the news, but I did pick this up. So they have um, some of, you know, people doing some investigating. And there's an unidentified individual who purchased, a $5 Holden Poker scratch-off ticket in a convenience store out in Glen Cove, Glen Cove, Long Island. And, and that was in October of 2020, and it was a winning ticket of $1 million. Can you imagine buying a $5 scratch-off and winning a $1 million? Well... Uh, the victim wanted to remain anonymous because remember now, when you win, you've got to be, you know, exposed. They have to show that someone has really won this, you know, money, especially at a million dollars. So he reached out to his cousin, this Argueta, who resided in Virginia at the time, and he asked her to claim his ticket, and he agreed to give her $50,000. Now, I think that's a decent come off, okay? Especially if you ain't got no money. Uh, <laughs> so, I traveled all the way here to New York from Virginia to pick up the ticket and collect the prize in person, but she ended up contracting COVID. So she decided to mail the ticket in to the New York State Gaming Commission in November of 2020. Well, weeks later, she she appeared at the victim's residence, the her cousin's residence, with the paperwork saying that <laughs> it was from the New York State Lottery, which indicated that the prize amount was only $20,000. And 
she de- she handed him an envelope containing $13,436 in cash and told him that the rest of the money was taxed. That was the taxes off the, the 20000 Now, if he gave you the ticket, this is let's talk about it Tuesday here. Now, if he gave you the ticket and it said he won a million and he offered to give you 50, how are you coming back saying that the real amount of money was 20000 You stupid. You started off stupid. You started off stupid. I'm with Shanti on this stupid word. You started off stupid. Well, they said that the lottery revealed that Argueta collected the prize and opted for $537,440, which was the lump sum option. And when he contacted Argueta, um, she denied having the extra money and threatened legal action against him. Now, see, this is why it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday. He asked you about the money because he somehow found out that you got a half a million in the lump sum. So you gonna go to the <coughs> excuse me, you go to the authorities based on what? You gonna sue him and pursue legal action against him for what? See this is how you know you guilty. This is how you give it up that you guilty. Instead of just saying, Listen, blah 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 is not wasn't the case and dismissing this conversation. Now you getting all twisted. Isn't that how people always show they're guilty? When they get all mad and they all uh, uh, loud and rowdy, man. Okay, so she's been arrested, taken into custody, because one um, um, later in 2022, she had to give $317,857.13 back to her cousin. And she's set to be sentenced in March and is facing one to four years in jail. So, you know, homegirl thought she hit the jackpot when she passed off her husband's, one um, husband, her cousin's $1 million winning scratch-off ticket, claimed it as her own, and that's how, because she was greedy. She was greedy. That was just dumb. That was people greed. Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you something. See, I always tell y'all about having a plan. Now, the true plan would have been for you to have made set set yourself up for the move. Yeah, set yourself up to move, and. Then when you turned in the ticket and you had to be, you know, exposed because that's what the gaming commission requires, then the people that you didn't want to know where you were, you'd have been gone already. I remember the women, the two sisters in the Bronx a few years ago who won 
um, hit the lottery for quite a bit of money, a couple of million. It was it was a lot of money, and I don't mean a couple of million literally. I mean this was like two hundred something, three hundred something thousand dollars, and they said them, they never heard hide no hair them. <laughs> no, cause you living in the Bronx, you better believe you're not gonna be telling folk. You got a hot ticket for uh, uh, 30-something or 300-something million dollars. You better have $1 million. You better have 50000 Yeah, so they, they did what they needed to do. And when it came out, when they revealed that Mary and Jane, you know, Johnson won that money, Mary and Jane Johnson was out of town. Yes. So you got to know how to do your stuff now because you wanted to remain anonymous. You you didn't realize that your cousin was, I wish Shantice could say it, could say it. You know, he says this buster word so comically every day when she says, I crack up. Well, you didn't know she was a buster and <laughs> she was going to steal your money. So listen, get it together, people. You know, if you're going to be playing the lotto, yes, you have to be revealed to know that they're not gaming people and lying to the public. And, uh, <laughs> yes, she was a straight buster. And, uh, you know, get your plan together. Get your affairs in order and then tell the story. Okay. All right. What else are we talking about today? Huh, let's see. And we'll talk about that one. I get some good stories and then I I don't wanna I don't wanna talk about it. Okay, here's another one. Here's a good one. So there's a guy in Boston who is forty six year old. Mohammed Child Hury. And <laughs> somehow or another, it got out. And they told authorities, some federal authorities, that Child Hury hired somebody to murder his wife in exchange for cash. But, again, you choose wrong. The hitman he hired scammed him, took the money, and didn't follow up. <laughs> didn't follow up with the plan. <sighs> so where did you get this hitman from? The back of a comic book? So somehow or another, he must have been talking and there was an undercover agent who contacted him, posing as the contract killer, and started conversing with him about this plan he had to uh, get the wife and the boyfriend. Now, it doesn't say whether Child Hury and the wife was, um, you know, in, in a divorce process, if they were um, uh, separated. It doesn't say the 
you know, where they were in their relationship. But he met with, you know, the undercover people, a couple, and it ended up being people. Started off as one, ended up being a couple of undercover agents quite a few times between December of 22 and January of this year to discuss this hit. And during the meetings, he gave them information about his wife and her boyfriend's whereabouts, including their their address, the job, the schedules, and the photos. So they must be separated. Well, uh, <laughs> during the meetings and the communications, he's explained that his wife wouldn't let him see his children and that he wanted the undercover agents to rob and beat his wife and her boyfriend so that he would not be a suspect and then kill them. So I guess the beating and the robbing was supposed to throw, you know, the, the, the authorities off the track where it would look like, you know, something, you know, like a robbery going wrong and, you know, now he's, you know, He's free from any suspicion. Well, he's facing 10 years in jail after he was arrested for concocting this plot. And uh, he really won't be seeing the kids. (laughs) You won't be seeing them no time soon because guess what? Mama ain't bringing them to the jailhouse. No, you didn't blew that. You didn't blew that. I don't know. Again, these plans ain't plans. You know, you this. You know what? It shows that you really wasn't supposed to go through with this here. This wasn't gonna work out for you. Anytime the first hit man then scammed you and and took your money and ran. Now remember, now you can't go after this person because what you gonna tell authorities? I hired him to kill my wife and her boyfriend, and he stole my money? (laughs) No. So now you all jacked up because you didn't wasted your money. Now with the second, um, the agents, he gave them $500 deposit on uh, a $4,000 job. Now, already that's wrong. Who gonna be, okay, who legitimately, if you a hitman, what hitman you've ever seen on TV, in a movie, that's only going to charge $4,000? And then you're going to get $4,000 for two people? Already the person isn't the best person for their job. If you only got to spend $4,000 to get your wife and her boyfriend killed, I, you don't have a good plan as a hitman. Because see, a hitman going to really do this thing, and it's going to take some money to get this accomplished. And for the, if you only have to give up $500 as a deposit to get your wife and boyfriend and her boyfriend killed, yo, 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 you, you, you can't bargain, hunt. You can't go for the sale when you're <laughs> a hitman. Is it just past the stuff? Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Mm -mm -mm. 
Well, again, that ain't a good, uh, mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. This, this ain't a good plan. This is not a good plan at, <coughs> excuse me, at all. What else are we talking about today? Now, I got two other stories, but I really want to talk about this um this other story. But before we get there, you know, I wanted I wanted to say that um out in uh, the Holy Land, out in a Palestinian area in Jerusalem. You have this Sally Azar, who became the first woman pastor in that in that area. Yeah, so I guess they finally catching up with the times. Now they're saying that. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. That in this particular area, you do have um, women who have become um, pastors, but that's only um, in the the Catholic churches. And they are, no, the Catholic churches don't allow the women to be priests in that area. And they have another group of Christians who have, you know, been doing this for a while. It's not all new. It's not authentic. But they are now starting to walk into this practice. So this Sally Azar is pretty excited that she's the first woman, and I'm sure she is because it's it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment. And she says that it's not something that she grew up wanting to do, but it's something that she understands she was called to do. And she's hoping that many girls and women uh, will know that, you know what, if that's what's on your heart and that's what you feel God has called you to do, then go ahead and pursue it. Because, you know, that's, it's happening now. So we want to, you know, give a nice little thumbs up to uh, Sally Azar for her upgrade in the kingdom business. Okay? All right. Good, Sally. Well, here we are. With this six-year-old boy who shot his teacher conversation again, as there have been, there's been more information that's pouring out, and I don't know how many of you have heard this, but, excuse me, oh my goodness, something's caught in my throat. They're saying that the Virginia school officials have been found out to have downplayed this whole six-year-old shooting incident. And they're saying that actually he had said, now 
I, I, I think I'm going to keep saying that this was a six. This is a six-year-old child. We talking about because the stuff I read last night, I had a headache. He told and wrote a letter. He wrote a note saying that he wanted to light the teacher on fire and watch her die. Now he didn't want to step further because he ended up shooting her. And thank God, you know, she's not dead. Thank God that, you know, he didn't lose control of the gun. And someone else got shot as in, you know, maybe one of the children. And there's this one teacher who has been giving information to the local teachers union that's been telling the little secrets that everybody else has been hiding. So she claims that he wrote a note to the teacher. So this is not only a note that he wrote. This is a note that the teacher had received from him already, telling her that he hated her and he wanted to light her on fire and watch her die. She took the note to the administrators, and they told her to drop the matter. Now, see, again, this is what we talked yesterday. See, this is when you know that this ain't on our side of the fence. Because, first of all, too much has been going on with these children that anyone on our side of the fence, we ain't taking that lightly. You going to send me a, and hand me a note that you want to set me on fire and watch me die? And when I go to the powers that be, y'all tell me to drop the matter? Okay, but that's not it. That ain't it. They say on one occasion, six y'all, we talking about, we're not talking about a sixth grader. We're talking about a six-year-old. On one occasion, he threw furniture and other items around in the class, and the other children had to hide underneath their desks. Did I say six? I don't think he really six, because there's no way in the world. How are y'all allowing a six-year-old to do this, I don't get it. This ain't outside of the fence, y'all. This ain't outside of the fence. First of all, if this was somebody on, if this was a child on outside of the fence acting up in the other side of the fence arena, oh, he would have been gone. Oh, he would have been gone. There wouldn't have been no time to be talking about him. They would have been talking about him in past tense. All right, no, we not done. Six, y'all, six. We talking about six years old. Another account claims that in another incident, he barricaded the doors to a classroom, preventing a teacher and students from leaving. So either we 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 looking at a fiction movie or some fiction story, or something is severely wrong with this picture. Let me read this again. The six-year-old, they claim, barricaded, 
this is this six-year-old. <laughs> we ain't talking about, you know, you know, sometimes they say, well, you know what, in the school, this happened. That. No, this is not another student. This is this six-year-old student barricaded the door to a classroom and prevented a teacher and student from leaving. How? How old was the teacher? Seven? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all gotta y'all gotta talk back to me this morning. Yeah, y'all really please talk back to me this morning. Cause something is wrong. So they say that again, you know, we talked about this last week, that the family claims he has an acute disability. Well, what is the disability? That he turns into the Incredible Hulk? I don't get it. And, again, they're bringing up the fact that, you know, this was the the, the child is normally accustomed, <laughs> accustomed to, <laughs> accustomed to being accompanied. And this was one week that he was not escorted and accompanied into the classroom. Oh, my Lord. Um, and I really mean that, oh, my Lord. We we need God to intervene here. So this teacher who's telling the story, um, she she's anonymous because she don't want no backlash. But she's partnering with some other staffers who said that this teacher did ask for help and that she asked for help several times. And not only did she ask for help several times, but as as late as two hours prior to the incident. Can somebody talk back to me? I, you know, I'm going. That's all right. Y'all ain't got to say nothing because I'm getting ready to get to my my pastor Charlene because uh, we we got to talk about this thing. So here again, they lastly, they bring up the fact that somebody said that he may have brought a gun to school. But when the workers at the school searched his backpack, they couldn't find the 9mm semi-automatic pistol that he used to shoot to teach you with. Oh, this is my pastor, Charlotte. I need I need to uh, talk to Pastor Charlotte so I don't take a drink. Cause this here, this is a little too much for me. When I read this last night, between this and the wow story for Tuesday, yeah, I, I was I was a little bit. I was done. I was done. Let's say good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Uh, six years old. Good morning. I, 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 I think they're missing a zero, <laughs> Pastor Charlene. I think the student was really 60. And they don't want to tell that it was a senior citizen in grade school. So they keep putting it on this six-year-old. But before we get there, before we get there, 
we talk about the woman who robbed the cousin. Now he was offering her fifty thousand from the jump, Pastor Charlotte. But you didn't got so greedy. You gonna go cast a ticket for more than half a million dollars, taking a lump sum, figuring that you're never gonna be found out because your cousin still wants to remain anonymous. Well, you didn't remain anonymous because you got caught, and now you're going to jail, you know, for any time in between one and four years. Was this just like backlash from greed or what? I I missed that story, but from what you're just saying now, it sounds like greed because I'm going to take the 50. She she wanted the 50, right? He offered her. So here's what happened. He had a scratch-off. The $5 scratch-off ended up being a million-dollar ticket. It was a million dollars he won, but he wanted to stay anonymous. So he calls his cousin, Agueta. <laughs> and Agueta agreed to the $50,000 he was offering her to cash the ticket, and then she would just give him the rest. Mm-hmm. But she then brought him uh, 20000 Well, she claimed it was only a $20,000 win, and she brought him 13000 and told him that the balance was taxed. That was the taxes on the money. But somehow or another, it came out that she actually cashed the ticket in and signed up for the lump sum, which got her over $500,000. And she, when he asked her about it, she told him, you know, that she didn't know what he was talking about, that wasn't true, and that she was going to, uh, 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 take some legal action against him. So she had to end up giving him back over three hundred thousand dollars, and they have now uh, found her guilty, and now she's facing one to four years in jail. All she had to do was take the fifty thousand and run. Oh yes, that's greed. He asked her to do it, and she's, when you, listen, you know how money do people. Once yep. I get it in my hands, if you ain't there, so I can do whatever I want to do. But the bad part is you know that they're going to talk about it. Everybody knows how much the um, the ticket is going to be. So he already had a case right there. But the thing is, it is greed. She took all the money. which You didn't have anything, so you could have took the 50 and been all right, and he might even slide some more to you. Right, 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 right. right. You know, because you put your face there. Because that's a, you know, you don't, he didn't want to put his face, so he put your face. But you being slick, so now you go to jail, now you go past go, and you still ain't going to get no money. You get nothing. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You get nothing. 
absolutely nothing. All right, Pastor Charlotte. So now, you, you here we are at the six-year-old story. Here we are at the six-year-old story. So you have... <laughs> I don't understand, Pastor Charlotte. It seems like the more they talk, the worse this thing here gets. So you talk about first how the six-year-old wrote a note, gave it to the teacher, and it told her that he hated her, he was going to light her on fire and watch her die. Now, you didn't pen this this little note all by yourself at six years old. He needs to go to big people jail. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor Charlotte. He needs to go to big people jail and be put in a mental institution. Because, see, the stuff you're doing here, see, when you start off writing a letter and you six, I still think it's a 60-year-old, it's a senior citizen who's posing as a child because this ain't real. So they tell her, Pastor Charlin, to ignore the letter, to let to let it go. What what would you have done? Okay. Whew. So my thought is, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna tell you what I what I would have done, because you know me. So my thought was, you know how you see, like you said, on the other side of the fence. Oh, Johnny, stop that. He beating her up, smacking her in the face. Oh, Johnny, just stop that. Where we sit in there steaming, because I've been on the bus, and I've seen this, and on the train, and with that, he's going to stop. Ma'am, you need to beat him or something. Oh, no, no, we don't beat. That, that's not what we do. Okay, so now I have to mind my business, because, see, I done had enough with him. So now he don't wrote a note. Somebody helped him. I believe that somebody helped him write a note, but they didn't really know. It could be whether they might not have known that it was for the teacher. He might have made because it sounds like somebody is teaching him because we know children don't just automatically become evil. They are taught evil, right? So for him to be able to write a note to this teacher and nobody do anything at all. See, Johnny would have got it. And her thing is probably because I know I'm going to get fired. So I already know I'm going to get fired. So I might as well go all the way since I'm going to get fired anyway. And with that, if you're not going to do anything with him, then do I need to do something with him? Because he is not going to abuse me. And then where does it take one child that disrupts the whole class? And make everybody scared. My question is: No, we're not going there. We're not going there. We're not going there. Walk with me, Pastor Charlin. Walk with me. We just up to writing the note because I got your brothers on the line, and I want to hear what they got to say. So don't go that far. Okay. All right. Tamar, I got you. I'm with you. By the way, I'm with you. Let's say good morning. To Pastor KL, who joined us first. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Pastor KL, we got some talking to do this morning. Pastor Jeff, mm-hmm. listen up. 
I'm going to tell the story once for both of y'all, so you can comment in a second. So, here we go back with this six-year-old story. This six-year-old who shot the teacher, um, and, you know, they started off with, oh, it was an accident, then they found out that it was intentional. Well, some new stuff has come out, and they said that the six-year-old actually penned a letter a little note to the teacher and handed it to her. They said he gave it to her. And it said that he wanted, he hated her. He wanted to light her on fire and watch her die. She took the note and gave it to the authorities so they could read it. And they told her to just drop it, just drop the matter. Okay, Pastor K.O., what would you have done as a teacher? Well, as a teacher, I went to the authorities and told them what I see. Uh, once I got that answer, I'd have got my 10-year-old grandchild <laughs> brought into the school. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to beat no kids, but I'll get you beat. <laughs> I get my... I get my 10-year-old grandchild, you know, saying to, to confront him, you know, with, with a bottle of lighter fluid and show him, you know, you hey, know this, this is what could happen to you. <laughs> this, this is what could happen to you since, you know, since since you daydreaming, you know, I could bring things to reality. You better, you better leave my auntie alone. You know? <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I mean, <laughs> seriously, you know, they're, they're that child would have to come out of my class, you know, so he, he, he should have been out of the school because, again, if, if you can write a note that graphic and that specific, you know, at that age, then, then you have some real issues going on. So somebody, a guidance counselor or somebody should, should have recognized that, that this is just not a game. This, this is not somebody just, you know, uh, uh, drawing stickmen's. On, on, on a piece of paper. You know how we have the stick man for the boys and then we get some curlies for the girls. You know, this, right. this, this ain't that. This, this is specific. So, so somebody should have recognized that and somebody drops the ball. So I think a lot of folks should be in trouble. All righty. Well, it has only just begun. Y'all haven't even heard the rest of the story, but so we, because it has to be layered. That's how that that's how this is this is so bad. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Some yeah. student has. Six, six, six. I want to keep saying this. The student is six years old. I personally think it's an imposter. However, it's a six-year-old student, they claim, wrote this note, handed it to the teacher, and said, I hate you. I want to light you on fire and kill you and watch you die. Yeah. When they when he when she gave it to the authorities, they told her to just drop the matter. What would have happened if you were the teacher? Well, you know, coming from where I come from, if I was the teacher, I'd have to pursue it. If the 
school didn't, you know, see the danger and all of that, I would have had to go to, you know, a high authority. Because clearly this kid is a future serial killer, a maniac, and everything else. You know, he's a lunatic. And we ought to stop looking at, the, you know, these little kids so much as, oh, they're so sweet. You don't know what's behind those eyes, you know. And we got we we need to we need to be more diligent, but you know, we we get lulled to sleep by the age and all of that. Don't realize that, you know, hey, they they could kill just like anybody else. That spirit can 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 get into them. Legion can jump into them too. <laughs> so, all right, Man, Pastor Jeff, Pastor KL, uh, we're going to the next layer of this story. So there's a teacher who wants to remain anonymous, and she gets to telling the real E-True Hollywood story. That it just wasn't only the letter that he wrote. It wasn't only the fact that he shot her. This Six-year-old, I still think they're missing a zero, is somebody 60. But the six-year-old threw furniture and other items around in the class, which led to other children hiding underneath their desks. They also say, she tells the story, of another time when this same six-year-old barricaded the doors to a classroom and prevented a teacher and students from leaving. So I asked the question, how old was the teacher? Seven? Because what teacher? They didn't say he had a weapon. They didn't say that he was threatening with any uh, type of, of item. He barricaded the classroom doors and prevented a teacher and the other students from leaving. Pastor K.L., please tell me how this would happen. Please tell me how you at six, you ain't even good past my thigh. But I'm going to let you barricade me in a classroom? Okay. First first of all, you know, I'm trying to understand, is this like a, a special school where all the teachers are midgets? You know, <laughs> little people? I mean, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to understand the, the level of height in this school where a six-year-old can barricade you in it. We, we must all be the same size. And not only that, if you ever see a midget, a midget is a little stocky. So even at that point, how do you, how do you barricade me in even as a, as a little person? You know, and how big is the six-year-old? You know, I know we have some people in the high school that, that look like they're in college. How big is the six-year-old? Is, 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 is she fluffy? You know, is she a big guy? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just trying to picture all this and how we can say, hey, y'all, st- y'all stay over there. I'm a barricade you in there. Don't come any closer. Really? How do we do that? You know, what, what, what do I have in my hand? Do I have cookies? Do I have Twinkies? What, oh, what, is, what is my weapon of choice? I, I'm just not understanding. 
still trying to figure this out myself, which is why I keep saying he's six. They keep saying he's six. Something ain't right here. Now, Pastor Jeff, before you respond, I'm going to go a step further to tell you that the family has said that he has an acute disability. And my question is, is the disability where if he gets mad, he turns into the Hulk. I understand how this six-year-old has the power, the capability to do throw furniture around. What kind of, what size is the furniture that the six-year-old can throw the furniture around and the children in the classroom are hiding under the desk? Pastor Jeff, if somebody talk to me, please, because <laughs> I'm getting this. I'm not getting this either. Well, you got to realize we're living in a time now where just like in, in, the, in the jail facility, you can't touch the inmate. You, the teacher probably just did not want to touch that child. There's no lawsuit. Lawsuits and everything else. So they let the child throw that tantrum and block them because they didn't want to touch the child. And you could kind of understand that because look at, the, look at all the lawsuits. That parent, parent probably came in and sued them if they would have picked the child up and moved them out the way. That's how he was able to block them because nobody wants to touch him. Oh. But I would you know, I would told the, the school, listen, I'm not teaching anymore till you get this demon out of my classroom. <laughs> She had a child like that in her school in Brooklyn there, and this kid was out of control. And, you know, and I had to tell her. I said, listen, you let that school know they're going to lose a teacher if they don't do something with this child. That's right, Pastor Jeff. That's right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm asking the questions that Pastor Kale is asking. And if it goes with the fact that I don't want to touch this child, somebody got to go. It's either him or me. It ain't go, but we cannot cohabitate in this room. Sorry. Oh, Pastor Charlotte. Now, Pastor Jeff said the demons got to come about the classroom. Pastor KL said he's trying to figure out what's the weapon of choice. How do you, you know, do you take it into consideration what Pastor Jeff had said? You know, they 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 scared to touch the kids, and you know, because every time you turn around, somebody got a lawsuit. Um, but you know, maybe the teacher sat down and gave all the kids cookies while they were barricaded in to distract them from the fact that this six-year-old has them locked up in here. Uh, where do you go from here? Well, I thought of that, too, you know, because you can't put your hands on the teacher, I mean, on the students, and I get that piece. But when it affects my life and I have 20 other people that I'm supposed to watch out for, which are the rest of the little kids, however many kids they are, 
Because the first thing they're going to say is when you brought that last piece in, now you make you say, it makes it sound like he has a mental problem, right? So now that you know that he has a mental problem and he done probably got sent to the office a few times because he's been out of order, but now my life is in state. So I'm going for the I'm going for the six year old. We'll deal with the consequences later. <laughs> and then on on that being said, because those other parents, because my child might be in there, and you won't have to answer, teacher, to me, why my child is locked up in there and you ain't do nothing. So we'll deal with that later. Because I'm I'm getting them out and myself. Safety. And and I, I actually agree with, with all of you. And here's my other question, and you touched on it. As a parent, what I heard, because you know them kids go home and they're going to tell this story about how they're all underneath the furniture because Johnny is throwing around the furniture. Then where are the parents? All right, so she can't touch the kids, and I'm not saying that the parents can touch the kids, but they're not making enough noise to even get him removed because he needs to be in the class by himself. Since you want to barricade people, you barricade all you want. Barricade over there by yourself and let the brave teacher decide whether he or she wants to return after you've barricaded after he barricaded you and him in the classroom. But when this affects the other children, oh, my goodness. Well, there's a comment from, <laughs> there's a comment. Shanti, you got to call in so I can, uh, I can get the comment from the listeners. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff here that, that, that that's real disturbing. And, you know, the fact is I do, I definitely understand, you know, that, you know, everybody's taking a step back because they don't want to touch the child. And, you know, now, but here's the thing. Remember now, they keep saying that generally he's accompanied by a parent, either the mother or the father. Now, I got two dads on the phone, on this line here, and I want to ask you, what? The mother and the father. So they didn't say the dad was missing or just the mom. They said the mother or the father would escort him to the class. And for this, at this particular week that this went down, nobody had escorted him. Pastor Kale, I'm going to start with you. You have to escort your child to a classroom um, every day. You and your wife have to escort the, the child to the classroom every day. And now when you don't, you the, you, the same child that took the gun to the school, the same child that wrote the note to the teacher at another time threatening her life, this child, listen, let me tell you something. This child was not accompanied all the time because how would the child get an opportunity to throw furniture around and all the children underneath the the, uh, the 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 tables and desks, or what happened with the parents the the day that the, he barricaded the children and the parents the, the teacher up in there? 
we escorting our son to school, pastor care, every day, me and my wife. And your child, is that out of control? No, that, that's because, you know, we don't beat children no more. I, I wouldn't be, listen, I got to go to work. I ain't got time to be escorting you to no school. The only thing I can see now is that you done barricaded me in one of the bathrooms and you just went out on your own. You know, so there, there is even no control at the house. And and I heard you say, you know, I'm I'm wondering if if they misinterpret what 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 you said earlier when you said that that the child did the child have acute, you know, like it was acute disability, or was it an acute disability? You know what I mean? Did they just think it was cute of what he was doing until it no. got out of hand? No, and acute. <laughs> No, I understand what you're saying, but, but yeah. you know how people, when you get slapped in the face, oh, that's so cute. Stop it, Johnny. Stop it, Johnny. Right. Now Johnny cutting people's heads off. You know, so was the disability <laughs> cute to you at some point? Or, or did you realize that it was as cute, you know, disability? And then, listen, when you tell me that this child has an acute disability, I'm already on guard. When you got to be escorted by your parents because they're the only ones that can control you, when your parents don't come with you, you can't come. That has, right. that has to be the rules. No right. parents, no child, because I don't right. have time to take care of you. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that, Absolutely. Absolutely. Pastor Jeff, Dad. You have to escort this child to, to, to school every day. You or your wife. And now the days you don't, because we know at least three days you didn't. The day he shot the teacher, the day he threw the furniture around and all the other kids were scared, and the other day, at least these three times where he barricaded the, the teacher and the kids. Now, what do you do with this child at this point? This your son. Well, I mean, it never would have got there with me, you know. And if if the parents have to escort the child, okay, then the child can't come, and the parent can't escort the child. Bottom line. So mm. I, you know, I'd have been like, as so, soon as I saw that child without their parent, I'd have been calling their parent on the phone, the child. I mean, right. it just wouldn't have got there with me. I, and this is ridiculous because, you know, how, how do you even, what kind of school is this? I mean, if it's special needs and they're paying and the parents got to escort the child, it looks like they, they need like one of those mental health uh, security guard type people in there, you know? <laughs> I, you know it's crazy. Absolutely. This is what our children have to face when they go to school every day. This is what they have to face. All right, Shantice is on with a comment from the listener. Shantice, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What you got over there from the listeners? Okay, so I have comments from a teacher and sent in, I can believe this. I work with four-year-olds, and I have kids that started throwing furniture, attacking us, threatening us, threatening peers, and the higher-ups definitely do not take it seriously. 
They just tell us the document which goes in a file and that's it. Because they tell you not to touch the kids, we were told recently that the minute you hold a child and they don't want you to touch them, it becomes restraint and that's not allowed. And they can't protect you if families decide to press charges or sue. And they will certainly choose the child over you. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. And that's from a teacher. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. All right, um, I'll comment on that in a minute. Any other comments? No, that's all. Outside of my comment, oh. well, I, I just asked, could the kids just jump him? I mean, what, what would have happened then? <laughs> <laughs> that might be so the only I, remedy. I can't see. I, I, I can't see, like you said, how to step on this side of the fence. Uh, a child is, you know, throwing the chairs, and you know, of course, the initial reaction from the other kids would be to duck and get out the way because they're like, "Well, what's going on?" And then after a while, it's like, "Listen, you ain't fitting to hold me up in here." So now your child gets jumped. The teacher probably gets jumped. So now they're mad at the teacher for not doing anything. And now there's a whole ruckus in the hallway because they didn't have to bust through the door. It would have just been a mess. It would have just been a mess. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know what, Shanti, that might be the only out because they can't defend mm-hmm. every child for the for, because they were protecting themselves. Wow, wow. Let my people go. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to the teacher that commented. I'm with Pastor Jeff. It's time to go. It's time to go. You know, when you we get to this point of, um, you know, we can't. You can threaten me. You can throw things at me, but uh, I can't do anything. No. No, no, it's time to go. I guess all the kids just gonna be unlearned because I, that would not be my thing. And here's 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 a comment that was given inside of the article. I'm a school bus driver. A few weeks ago, a student attacked another driver. Three days later, the kid was back on the bus. Mm mm mm. Uh. I'm a social worker in a small rural elementary school. We have to deal with violent students all the time. We don't have appropriate resources to deal with them. It's not fair for the troubled students, the staff, or the general education students whose learning and safety are put at risk. Something needs to change. So another bus driver says, I drive a a bus as well and had to write up two students behaving dangerously to the point I was actually afraid for my other students and myself. They are still on my bus. They be some walking dummies. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. God, God bless all of you people. And Brother Al has said this a million times to us. He said that you can't do nothing with the kids. And now the animals are running the zoo. That's exactly what's happening. So, you know, points well taken, Um, my due time pastors. This is this is uh, this is some serious stuff. We're gonna have to turn up the prayer because that's the only way our kids are gonna make it. Or either way, we're gonna have to start homeschooling because this is ridiculous. All right, 
you know, Vivian gives her wild story on Mondays, on Wednesdays. I got a wild story for y'all today. I'm beating Vivian to the punch. All right, here we go. Pastor uh, Charlotte, Pastor Jeff, and Pastor KL. 22-year-old Pastor James Sakara of the Zion Church has died after convincing his congregation that he would be resurrected like Jesus. Not only did his congregants bury him alive, but they were also shocked to find him dead after digging him up three days later. Though reports did not suggest that Pastor suffered mental health problems, he nevertheless persuaded three of his congregants to help dig him a grave and then have him tied and buried for three days. Sadly, before Pastor James got himself buried alive in attempting to redo the resurrection of Jesus, he read and quoted from the Bible the exact instructions that Jesus Christ gave his disciples for Pastor James when Jesus instructed his followers Quote, unquote, do this in remembrance of me. On the night he was betrayed, Pastor James thought Jesus Christ was referring to the intended resurrection of Pastor James. Despite this, none of the pastor's followers warned him or found his decision suspicious and tried to stop him. As a result of Pastor's death, one of the three congregants who helped Pastor James turned himself over to the authorities while the other two were on the run. We will never know Pastor James's state of mind, but uh, he had a, pre- a young pregnant wife, and uh, that's how he left his earth. Now, last week, my pastoral team, We talked about the overdoing of your offering, how the wife kept giving up the husband's um, money that he was giving her to the church, and he got mad because he got tired of his money going to the church. Clearly, she didn't understand what offering and tithes really needs to be and taking care of home. Here we have it this week. Where the pastor, oh, good Lord, persuades the congregants (laughs) to tie him up, put, dig a grave, bury him, and come back three days later because he would be alive. Pastor Jeff, you're the first leg here. Well, that's just a clear sign of folks that don't read their word, <laughs> okay? <laughs> if you don't read it for yourself, you can get persuaded to do anything, okay? And that preacher, you know, sorry for him, but he got exactly what he deserved, all right? I don't know if he's trying to be Jesus. He's trying to be something, but he, he found out he, was, he wasn't none of that, <laughs> And it makes me wonder, well, I don't really have to wonder where he at, because that, that literally, you know, was suicide, idiotic, 
and a demon got control of his doggone mind. That's how I feel yeah. about it. And those congas that helped him, you know, they butts need to go to jail too, you know, because they murdered the man. <laughs> I don't care if he asked for it. They, you know, right. they participated in in that suicide. That's exactly what he did. All right. I'm sure while he was under that dirt, he realized he wasn't Jesus. It was too late. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, Pastor Jeff. Lord have mercy. You hit the nail on the head. Last week's switch tip, study for yourself. Oh, good Lord. Pastor Charlene, what are we talking about? Now, if we find you missing, is uh, should we start digging around for you? What, what? I'm still in shock of what you said, like, what? And just like it was stated, what's so, what's so crazy is because people believe in that title, so they do and don't read for themselves. And they'll just do whatever you say, manipulation. And where that when you just just follow and not asking no questions, because they couldn't ask questions for them to do it. So my thing is that, and I agree, everybody go, whoever was a part of it, everybody get locked up. I'm, I'm definitely with that as well, because he ain't coming back. And he left here, his wife and a baby. And how, what was her mind like to know, you know, um, please read your Bible. I, I, I tell people this all the time. Stop just listening. Don't listen to, to, to the pastor. Read the word for yourself. And make sure that what the pastor is saying is connected to what the word of God is saying. Because that's how we get. We get so caught up. And I've been there. I, I stated that before. When I first started, I was there because I wouldn't believe that the pastor, he would never lie. Church, no, the man of God wouldn't lie until I had to learn for myself. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Charlotte, I'm coming back to you because I want to ask you about some other stuff that you've heard you know, last week we talked about the money. This week we talked about burying your pastor alive. I want to come back to you and ask you about, you know, any other instances you've heard of, you know, our church folk going overboard. This time it's the pastor. Oh, Pastor KL, tie me up, put me in a, dig, dig a six-foot grave, then throw the dirt on me while I'm alive. While I'm alive. Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor KL? Okay. Maybe we lost Pastor KL. Um, but, but while, y'all, while, while you two are thinking... Can you hear me? I can hear you now. We can hear you now. Okay, 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 okay. Well, I guess I guess that that three day rule was out. You know that on the third day he rose. I guess I guess that 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 was out. I I just don't. First of all, my thing was what kind of church folks did you have? You know that that they really would believe such things. Now listen, I know the Bible says that greater works will you do also. I mean, we, we 
you got to know the word for yourself. This, to me, you know, God God forbid, but but he wanted to die. You surely could not have thought that on the third day you was going to rise. You know, there, there was one time when I was a child, and I'll just tell the story. There was a one time when I was a child, and I said, I want to go to the beach. Because I know if I get to the beach, you know, because I've been in pools all my life. So I said, I know if I get to the beach, I'll be able to walk on the water. I know I can walk on the water because it's in me. Man, I got in that water. I was walking, and I felt myself drowning. Listen, I came to myself really quick. Real quick. It didn't take much. It didn't take much, you know. They, and everybody was everybody was pushing and motivating me. Go out deeper. Go out deeper. You can do it. So here I am like a fool going out deeper and find myself drinking salt water for no reason at all. So my thing is, is, is at what point, you didn't, I didn't have to wait for you to get the dirt over my face to realize this was a bad move. At some point, as, as I'm in the dirt, I got to say, hey, let me rethink this. Let me rethink this. I repent. Something. You know what I'm saying? I just, you didn't want to look like a fool in front of your friends? Well, surely you look like a fool now. Because you shall oh. surely die. I, I, I wow. Wow. You know, pastors... This is one of the reasons why, I'm going to make, get ready to make a point. This is one of the reasons why we have to learn to read the word for ourselves. First of all, when they put Jesus in the tomb, he was already dead. He was dead. He died on the cross. He didn't, they didn't put him in there alive. So if you thought you, when he said to the people, put me in the grave, like Jesus, because he's going to raise, I'm going to come up in three days. Jesus wasn't alive when he went into the, oh my gosh. So again, it goes to show, not only are the, are the church folk not reading their Bible, but neither is he. Neither is he. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just. I'm just a little twisted here. All right, Pastor Jeff, coming back. What is something that you have seen church folk do, including pastors, because we can't leave them off the list, not after this here, that they just went overboard? And it's like, what's wrong with these people? Why are you, why you can't figure out that this don't make no sense? I've seen so much. I mean, I got a list of stuff. I remember Give me one, one time, cause I'm coming back. You know, give me one. We got some time. Give me one. I'm going to give you one. <laughs> I wasn't going to give you all. I got too many. <laughs> but I uh, <laughs> I remember one time I brought a young lady to the church. My grandfather was the pastor, you know, and I was his assistant. And um, we had to go run and take care of some business. But the young lady that I brought, you know, she was new. And, you know, she, you know, she really wanted to give a life to the Lord. She had some issues. And my, when my grandfather and I got back, ministers in the church had a sheet, had a sitting in the seat in the middle of the church, had a sheet over her head, trying to stack Bibles on top of her to cast out what? the demon. And, and the people told me that they, this has been going on for an hour, that they was trying to cast the demon out of her. And I 
pushed them out the way, took that sheet off of her, you know, threw them Bibles down and grabbed her. And, I, and, and the thing I said to them was, you know, I said, if y'all couldn't cast that demon out, you know, in, in, in a minute, heck, you know, I, I, was just, I just got so angry at them because I knew she was never going to come back to my church. You know, I was trying wow. to get her in and all this ignorance and all this superstitions and what well, well, books oh. can't cast demons out. Oh, my gosh. I mean, sheets can't do nothing, but I see so much ignorance, with all, you know, <laughs> that I, it just make, it makes me sick, man. People need to study oh. to show themselves approved, you know, and stop all this mess, man. Gosh. Oh, no, we coming back. We coming back. Because, see, I, Pastor KL has coined the term, you know, in my former life. Oh, no, you got a former life because you have this stuff you say. I'm like, oh, Lord, we're coming back to you. We're coming back to you. That is crazy. Whoa, sheets and Bibles. Well, Pastor Jeff, what did she say to you? What was her response oh, no, the, she told, after all of that? She, do I have a demon? Do I have a demon? You know, because she didn't know no better. She thought that's what you're supposed to do. And they convinced her right. that she was, she was possessed with a demon. But literally, they're the ones. Was the ones that had the demons in <laughs> the demon of ignorance. Wow, wow, that's terrible. That is terrible because now you have her believing or or confused about the reality. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, that was a good one, Pastor Jeff. That was a good one. I'm gonna tell that story over and over again. I, you know, the people shall remain nameless, but I'm gonna tell that story again. Oh my Lord! Come on, Pastor Charlotte, what you got? You always got a story for us. <laughs> Not really. Um, I was trying to think, but the first one that one that popped in my head. I was sitting in the service, and this pastor, um, he was talking about. Uh, Peter walking on water, and next thing I know, the floor was full with water, and he was saying how he was walking on water. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, am I really seeing this? Like, where did this come from? And I say, so he's telling the people that they can walk on water, because when Pastor K.L. was saying about walking on water, I'm like, that was the same thing that, oh, I'm going to say his name, sorry. Um, he was saying, and he was really, the people was listening because it was a lot of people who weren't really just starting. Right. Wow. And I went and, you know, to support the church. And when he was doing it, the people was really engaging into what he was saying. So when the service was over, because my mouth, you know how that go. When the service was over, I um, I waited to try to get to the preacher that was doing it, and I said to him, "Why did you make the people think?" Well, I'm saying they're really nice right here. Why did you make the people think that they can walk on water like Peter? And I say, do you notice the people's face? So he made it like it was a joke. So he started to really fuck my nerve. So my thought was, you know what, not to go to him. You should go to the pastor of the house, right? That's the one that I really need to talk to because where did you get him from? 
right, 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 because, right. Because at the end of the day, we are responsible for who we allow to come in. Right. And it right. really takes me off of that, you know. Um, but of course he gonna make himself busy where I wasn't and I haven't even been back to the church actually. I have never been back. Wow. And I'm wow. telling you was throwing water. Water was going everywhere. Water was splattering on the people. Wow. It was real Wow, wow, wow. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Whoa. Pastor KL, you didn't already start the ball rolling with your walking on the water story. What else you got for us? Well, to be honest, I, I, I don't have too much more. You know, that, that I, I've seen quite a few people, quite a few people try to walk on water. And I see that it didn't work very well. You know, salt water don't taste too good, you know. <laughs> My mama used to tell me to dog over salt water when I had a soft throat and stuff. But, yeah, I, I, I you know, pe- people try to reenact the Bible. You know, they, 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 they think that they're just as anointed, you know, as, as God, you know. And I'm here to tell you, it don't work. <laughs> and it's not a good feeling. To, to, to do something uh, stupid, thinking that you're trusting in God and you're going down, you know that that's that's not a that's not a good feeling. And, and I don't understand, you know, like we've been saying all this time, study to show that stuff approved. You know, we, we you can't always go face value on what the preacher's saying. You know, some of these some of these preachers are saying stuff and living nothing. Right. You know, they you know and. Here we are, and we we idolizing them, and and we're admiring them, and we're holding holding them up, you know. But but they're they're just a vessel, just just as you are. You are a vessel. You can be used by God if you allow Him to use you, just as the preacher, you know. So so we we got to be careful on 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 how much stock we put in men and and women, because the Bible says that man will fail you all the time. So we got we got to really really be careful on how much stock we put in them. Absolutely. Well, you just gave your closing, so thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Pastor oh, Jeff. I want one more story since you got so many in your arsenal. I I, I want another story, please. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been raised up in the church all my life, so I've I've, I've seen too much. Most of us, you know, it seems like people just want the dramatics and whatever it takes. They want to, they want to reenact stuff. But the Bible said, "Greater works." Why don't we seek to do the greater and stop trying to copycat and stop trying to be wonders? You know, that walking on water and all of that mess. I mean, I've seen it all. We, I, you know, I I came in the church one day and somebody took a whole bottle of oil. I'm talking about olive oil and one of them large, extra, extra large virgin olive oils and poured it all over this person, talking about, you know, I want, you know, like Aaron's beard, the oil, you know, fell down, and they just, it's just ridiculousness, you know. Wow, wow. I just saw on TV somebody was allowing themselves to get bit by snakes because they said you wouldn't die. Get bit by a snake and, 
You know, you can't, you know, you can't tempt God. You know, all this stuff. Paul didn't tempt him. Paul didn't ask for the snake to bite him. You know, the snake bit him, and then he shook it off, and God blessed him. You know, but he didn't say, snake, bite me, and then let's see if God is going to bless me. You understand? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to our listeners, Pastor Jeff, you know, who's going to the church, who, you know, who are, are participating or they're witnessing this stuff. What are you telling them as a pastor? Follow me as I follow Christ. Get in your word and, and, and be able to say amen when the preacher preached the truth, all right? Don't sit up there and just take what the man or the woman says and run with it. Study to show yourself approved. Be ignorant. God can't use ignorant people. God's not looking for ignorant people. Go in with your eyes open wide. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that that closing, that word of encouragement. Pastor Charlotte, you got one more before you give your word? No, I have one more. Um, but I will say to the listeners, get a Bible and bring your Bible so you'll be able to follow the word as the preacher is preaching and reading that you'll be able to follow. Because one thing that I see that don't nobody want to bring a Bible no more. Second, stop being so quick to say amen and you're not listening to everything that is being said. Another thing that we must get back to is pray as well as listen. You know, because what happens is we get so caught up into what they're saying and you you didn't hear when he slithered or she slithered something else in and then went back to what the word said. Pay attention. Pay attention and to know that if he that he or she is not following Christ, then it's time for you to go to God and to be ask him for you to move on. That's what I say to to the people. Because nobody is they pick up their phone, but are you they say that the Bible is in their phone, but a lot of times that ain't what you're looking at. So get your Bible and read your Bible and make sure that you follow me, the Word. Amen, 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 Pastor Sean. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and your closing today. Thank you all for uh, your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. All right, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. I think it's time for us to hold hands and hold hearts today. We, uh... (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, thanking you for again awakening us 
and the conversation um, just leads to such a valuable level of information, God, and that's only because of you. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you have selected us to give you your your wisdom and understanding to. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for our pastors who uh, can relay what it is that you have for them to say. And, Lord, we've, for the past two weeks, we've talked about just studying for ourselves. Just studying for ourselves. That's your mandate, that we study for ourselves. Because your word also says that there will be many uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. And we have no way of knowing what we're being given if we don't study the Bible for ourselves. And, Lord, we're willing to read and watch everything on social media and all the magazines and every you know everything that has nothing to do with you, God. But when it comes to your word, we don't have no time. When it comes to your word, we're always doubting. When it comes to your word, you know, we're always questioning. But it would definitely save our lives. And, Lord, we're going to lift up the three individuals or how many, the three individuals that helped to bury the pastor. Only one person turned himself in, God, but we, we ask you to just help the others understand their level of accountability and, you know, that they would also understand that they played a, a major role. They did kill this man. Even by listening, just listening and following blindly, they committed murder. Lord, we pray for anybody else in that congregation that heard about the plan and didn't do anything to try to stop it. We pray for the church large, dear Heavenly Father, that they would not just be hearers, but that they would be doers of your word. Not just doers of man's word, but doers of your word. And if we bothered to take a look in your word, we'd be a whole lot further than we are right now. Lord, we pray for your leaders. This leader definitely dropped the ball. This leader definitely, definitely took lives down with him and how many are going to have to suffer how many people will suffer because he did not lead the people accordingly he didn't draw the people to you Lord we pray for his wife and his unborn child that they would be able to continue to live that they would see, she would see what uh, what exactly was going on and maybe some other stuff he was giving her. So now, God, we ask you to just surround her with the truth. Thank you. 
Thank you for answering our prayer. Thank you for answering things that we don't even think to ask. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that as your people listen to this broadcast each and every day, that this would be a source of direction, that they would be enlightened as they listen. It would not just be passing the time away or for entertainment, but that they would be listening, God. As I've been saying, our listeners have increased. Our listens have increased. And we pray, God, that they glean from each episode they listen to the valuable points that are made, that they would make application to their life, that they would leave from us and go read your word. Thank you. Thank you for using us each and every day to help draw someone to you that we would not do anything in selfish gain for notoriety, for popularity, but that our goal would be to draw souls to Christ. Our, Our own experiences would be put on display so that people would understand that, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we've had a former life. And we're pressing our way toward the mark. And that we're encouraging them to do the same. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for what you've done in all these weeks. Thank you for every switch tip. Thank you for every uh, Faith Over Fear segment. Thank you for every presentation that has been made each and every week. Thank you. We love you, Lord, for just taking such good care of us. We ask you, God, to cover all of the due time crew, that they would continue to, to, to hunger and thirst after righteousness that they will continue to be the proper example setters, that they would not try to go before you, try to be bigger than you, but that they would always keep you first and always serve your people accordingly, God. Thank you for loving us. Oh, thank you for loving us in a very special way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. we, you know, <laughs> I said to Shantice last night, I said, girl, girl, when you listen to this news tomorrow, it's going to blow your mind. And, you know, I give God thanks for just teaching us, just teaching us, each and every day we learn more and more and more. That investment gives us an opportunity to just step into his marvelous light more and more. How do we live hopelessly? 
You know, I used to always say all the time, you know, and I still say on occasion, I'm looking at this world and I'm like, I used to be there. How do you live hopelessly and think that you're living? How? How does this work? How does this work where you get up every day and you just flow through life? And I ask myself, what took you so long? But I'm grateful to God that the day I decided to say yes, he he was still waiting for Stephanie. That he didn't get exhausted and walk off. He didn't lose his patience and, you know, just turn his back. Say, I gave you enough time. I think, I really thank God for just holding on to me. When I let go, he was still holding on. When I was walking away, he was still after me, knocking on my door, reminding me, uh, I'm here. And I was still walking away, and he was still there. How many people we know like that? How many people do we know that would just bear with us? How many people would just continue to hold on? We get so frustrated when people just don't act right. But God is just that God that never changes. He never goes back on his word. You know, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he is a keeper of his word. We really, really don't know the value of of what we have in the Lord. So my brothers and my sisters, you know, if you haven't tried Jesus yet, my advice is just 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 walk just walk up to him and say, Here I am. Here I am. I give myself to you. Because I understand that this world has nothing to offer me. I understand that this world is not good, all the things that it promises. It can't come through. It can't come through. And even if it looks like it's going to work, because it's not of you, it's only going to last for so long. Only what we do for Christ will last. That's the one thing that we can bank on. That whenever we, you know, decide to give our life to the Lord, it's, that, that's that's the change that we really need to make. And when you make that decision to give your life to the Lord, make sure you're in a Bible teaching church that you're not being preached to. You know, I come from whenever we were given a word, we always were shown biblical foundation. That's the way my grandmother always did. You didn't scratch your head wondering, 
if it was in the Bible she showed you. So, therefore, that's all I had to pass on to the congregation that God gave me. I'll tell them in a minute. Open up your Bible and read it for yourself. Don't be out here telling people Pastor Steph said. Yeah, I said it, but I'm only mimicking what's in the Word of God. I'm not, you know, making stuff up so that I sound good. That's not my that that's not my goal. My goal is to read you uh to read you the word of God and to give you the word of God. So now that's what you need to look for. Is what your pastor or preacher saying is it in the word of God? You know, they try to teach your faith by talking about the walking on the water and all of that kind of stuff. You ain't got to try to imitate or demonstrate that. (laughs) No. That's not my job. My job is not to try to walk on water. Because nothing in that Bible said that Stephanie would walk on water. So, come on. Study as it has been said over and over again. Study to show thyself approved. Give everything you have to the Lord. That same time you spend strolling and scrolling through social media, through the internet. Stroll and scroll through the Bible. Through the word of God. You know, we've embarked upon reading um, the Bible um, this year from cover to cover, reading the Bible in a year. And I have to tell you, it's, it's so many light bulbs going off. You've heard of these stories over and over. You may have preached from these stories over and over. But when I tell you reading it in this manner is amazing. Amazing And we're having such a good time Reading it And discussing it together So you know The best part about reading um, The Bible At this point is because we've studied So much You know just reading the Bible From cover to cover Is enhanced You know, by itself, it it doesn't really do much, but it's enhanced when you have the other parts of the Bible that you've already studied when you're reading from the beginning. You know, I I don't tell people to read the Bible from cover to cover. People have asked, you know, Pastor Steph, you know, I want to read the Bible. How do I read it? There's a regimen, but it's not from cover to cover because it's not going to benefit you in that way. It'll give you the stories. It'll tell you what happened. But if you're doing it to try to, you know, get yourself together in the Lord, there's a regimen. There's a regimen that has really helped so many individuals. But once you start reading it after you've been studying for, you know, quite some time, it it helps you to understand better what you're reading. When you start from, from the beginning... It just speaks to you in an entirely different way. 
and you can really appreciate what you're reading. So my advice to you is to make sure you get your head in that book. Follow what the pastors have said to you this morning and make it happen. You won't be sorry. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my pastoral team this morning, who always comes through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and participating and being a part of the conversation. Please do not miss the opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Wow Wednesday, God spares our life. I love you.